So it'll be a fun listen for you this week here on the Sooner Schooner Show. Of course, it should be a fun listen every week. I'm Eric G. from 97.1, the sports animal in Tulsa. We're going to talk about the upcoming Super Bowl and the six OU football players who could play a role in their team getting a ring or, in the case of Creed Humphrey and Blake Bell, another ring. Uh, We're also going to discuss this Big Ten SEC advisory board that could open the door for a possible Big Ten SEC merger and what that would mean for the rest of college football. We'll pay tribute to Toby Keith. I'll give you my one Toby Keith story, and I'm going to make a bold slash crazy prediction about former OU defensive coordinator Alex Grinch. So buckle up, but before you do, I want to please ask you to give us a five-star rating and write a written review. Take a snapshot of both, send the snapshot or the screenshot to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, and Pete will send you back a Heartland College Sports koozie. And make sure to follow along. Make sure to follow along here wherever you're getting your podcast. All right, so let's dive into it. We got Super Bowl coming up this week. And who are you rooting for? Are you rooting for the Chiefs that have Blake Bell, Creed Humphrey, Wanye Morris, who happens to be a backup tackle, and James Winchester? Or are you going for Trent Williams and Braden Willis, who is a backup tight end for the San Francisco 49ers. Now, first thought for me is I would like to see Trent Williams get a Super Bowl ring. We know that this guy is well on his way to the Hall of Fame. And of the six players from OU that are participating in this game, he most likely is the only one that's going to end up in the Hall of Fame. Now, we can say that you know Creed Humphrey could have a long career in the NFL and may even rise himself to a guy like Jason Kelsey's status before everything is said and done with the Chiefs. And at that point, I mean, look, if you rise to Jason Kelsey's status, you are getting into the Hall of Fame. And Creed Humphrey may well be one of those guys, but right now, if if their careers ended today, Creed Humphrey and Trent Williams, Trent is the only one getting into the Hall of Fame. And it would be really cool to see him have that added to the resume. Now, as thrilled as I am for Trent, I got to admit, you know, being a New England Patriots fan, I ain't so cool with the San Francisco 49ers being able to tie them for most Super Bowls won by an organization. The Steelers have six. The Patriots have six. That's enough ties. Don't want to see the 49ers win. But on the other hand, I really like Brock Purdy from his days in Iowa State. and He's taken way too much crap for being a successful quarterback in the NFL. Being, I'm sorry, there's way too many haters calling this guy a game manager. He's more than a game manager. Brock Purdy is a good quarterback. The guy is athletic. He can run. He throws a very accurate ball. His arm strength is better than you think. And I got a chance to talk to his uh, personal quarterback coach today, the guy that's trained him ever since he's been in um, ever since he's been in ninth grade. From ninth grade all the way up to the NFL, this guy uh, named Dan Manucci, who right now is a is a former K-State quarterback and now he's a talk show host in, in Arizona. And he said the one thing that's really improved about Brock's game is his decision making. He always keeps his eyes downfield, and if there's something that isn't there, he doesn't worry about forcing it. He just tucks it and run. And we've seen that this guy can run. So I'm rooting for him. But then again, if the Patriots are going to be usurped. Who better to do it than, than Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid, two of the most likable guys? So, honestly, I'm sitting on the fence here. Okay, it's terrible. I'm torn. 
And whoever wins, I'm going to be happy. I'm either going to be happy for Trent Williams or I'm going to be happy for for Patrick Mahomes and Creed Humphrey and all the other guys, Blake Bell, all the other guys from OU. I feel like it's a Super Bowl that I can't lose, which sucks because I want to pick a side. So whoever wins, I'm down with it. 49ers win, it's good. Chiefs win, it's good. Now, if you're a fan of either one of those teams, you're saying, shut up, dude. I want my guys to win. And look, if you're making bets on this, obviously you're going to root for your team. And maybe that's what I do before it's all said and done. Maybe I go lay some money on this so I can have a total rooting interest. But either way, I will be there on Sunday. And and, and look, despite all that talk, okay, the big thing about having six players in the Super Bowl is that Brent Venables can use this in recruiting. And more than anything that you've accomplished in college this past year, winning 10 wins, or or excuse me, winning 10 games, I guess technically you won 10 wins, Uh, but winning 10 games this year sounds great. Moving to the SEC, all that is great. But what kids want to know today, especially your five-star, four-star athletes, what they want to know is can you get them to the league? Well, hey, man, not only can Brent Venables get you to the league, But Oklahoma can get you to the Super Bowl because we've got more people in the Super Bowl than anybody else. Georgia's got five, Michigan's got four, and we know that those teams have trophies in the case that say national championship, but we've got six players in the Super Bowl. So what is your ultimate goal? Is it to win a national championship or is it to win in the NFL? Now, hopefully they're going to say both, but if they say win in the NFL, it doesn't matter. Or get to the NFL, it doesn't matter. You take them anyway, because chances are they are immensely talented. And if they have any desire to get to the NFL, they'll work hard and you'll reap the residuals. And look, OU's already doing a great job on the recruiting trail. Wednesday was National Signing Day again, the second National Signing Day. And Rivals has OU finishing seventh this year and already in 2025, they're in fifth. And we broke down that class a couple of podcasts ago, a couple of shows ago. So if you've not heard that, we've talked about the cast. We've talked about the class. How many kids are from Oklahoma? Make sure you check out some of the later episodes to figure out all that. But that's the thing I'm most happy about, all right? Doesn't matter if Trent Williams wins. It doesn't matter if Creed Humphrey wins. What matters is, is that OU has the most players in Super Bowl 58. And with that, you can use it as a launching pad or more, or you can just use it currently to just tell every single one of your kids, hey, look at what we're doing. And you know Brent Venables is doing that, all right? I'm not saying anything that he hadn't already thought of, but I guarantee you anybody that he has talked to over the last few days that is a potential signee at OU, they've probably gotten their earful of, Six players in the Super Bowl, come here, and we'll make you one of them. You want to go to the Super Bowl? Here is the path. The path runs through Norman, but you got to come here first, and you got to be a Sooner. you got to play football here. Then you can go play in the league and play for its biggest prize. Speaking of biggest prizes, the biggest prize in college football, for now, uh, will be to win the college football playoff and win a national championship that way. However, there is something going on that if you're a college football fan, if you're an OU fan, and assuming that you because you're listening to this, you're an OU fan, something you really need to keep your eye on is this Big Ten SEC advisory board 
that's being formed. And there's a lot of ins and outs that I, that I don't have. It would take, honestly, it would take an entire podcast, maybe two, to really explain all the ins and outs as to why these two are together. Just know that some of it has to do with litigation, um, some class action lawsuits that have been filed against the NCAA and the Big Ten and the SEC want to get out in front of it. If they, if you can settle it, they'd like to settle it, although that doesn't seem like it's that much of an option. The other reason that they're getting together is because, like they should, and like all Power 5 schools should, the Big Ten and the SEC don't want schools like Tulsa having a say in what happens with OU. They don't want schools like South Alabama being, affect, being able to affect Alabama or Ohio affect Ohio State, or Eastern Michigan affect Michigan. They don't want any of that. Florida Atlantic, Florida, you you get the picture. They want to have more of a say on the way that college sports, in particularly college football, is shaped, and they don't want schools that aren't on their level. Schools that don't have the money or don't put the money into their football program and make it a focal point should not have the same kind of say a school like OU does, who dumps millions upon millions into that program every single year. You can't even argue that that a school like New Mexico deserves the same amount of say in what happens in college football compared to OU Texas LSU. Just can't be done. It's not. Let's let's quit let's quit talking about college football being equal or getting towards equal. You can't. However, If the Big Ten and the SEC, who are getting along really well, were deciding to merge or decide to merge and become one giant conference, or better yet, one giant league that had... Think about this. If the Big Ten and the SEC decided that they were going to become a league, you'd have 34 teams in that conference or in that league. 34 now, the Big Ten has a contract with Fox, CBS, and NBC. That's where their contract is. SEC's got a contract with ESPN. What you could do is you form this league, and then you only play each other, take it to the television networks and say, look, if you want the absolute best of the best, here it is, pay us you know, an absorbent amount of money. Whatever the Big Ten and the SEC are making now, pay us more than that because you're getting the absolute best in college football. This thing's going to look like the NFL. It's just going to be college kids playing it with college uniforms. Pay us for it. And then the Big 12 and the ACC get left out, and obviously the group of five is somewhere trying to fend for themselves as well. But ESPN would bite on that. Every league would bite on it. Every, every network, excuse me, would bite on that. And that is something that could become a reality. So when you think about OU's move east, and there were some people that object to it, there's some people that still object to it, who are, you know, consider themselves OU fans because they think the level of competition is going to be too high for OU and they won't be successful. If you're one of those, This is another reason why Oklahoma moved east. So they would avoid being left out of any future agreements made by the Big Ten and the Southeastern Conference, which are the two most powerful conferences in all of college football. 
So now you've set yourself up to do this. And I believe that we're really just months away from this happening. And when I say months, it could be as little as six, as many as 24. But they're going to talk. And and, and these conversations will grow more and more public, and you'll start to see more sentiment for it. What the schools will like about it, what the 34 schools would like about this league, is the fact that whatever network you sold it to, you could then distribute the money equally. So from that standpoint, it would put everybody on equal pay, or at least on, on, yeah, it would put everybody on equal pay, and then you've got to figure out what you're going to do about the NIL, how you're compensating players. And I would imagine that players just become employees at that point. And another thing to keep your eye on is this ruling that is allowing Dartmouth kids or Dartmouth basketball players to unionize, which is which I will say at a, at a Ivy League school and a D3 school, schools that do not give athletic scholarships, it's going to be a lot easier to do that because you can logically say that they're employees. In the Power 5 schools where you do give athletic scholarships, it's easier to say that they're students. So there's still a lot to, there's still a lot to be worked out. But don't be surprised if in the next few months, the Big Ten and the SEC merge, they become one league and they play for their own national championship. We're headed into some strange places in college football that we never thought we would get to. Look, I've we've always talked about super conferences, okay? And we're already there with the Big Ten having you know, 18 teams next year and the SEC having six, 16. And I think, was the Big 12 going to have 16 as well? I mean, that's that's a super conference. But a super league? That's something different, completely different altogether. And I don't know if you had this super league, if they would play teams from outside the league or they would just play each other. I would think they would just play each other simply because if you're the networks, that's what you're going to want. And then you have divisions that split up regionally, and it looks more like the NFL and a model like that than it does college football. And now you're more concerned about winning your division and, and having better seating in the playoffs. That's, you know, the strategy becomes a little bit different. But it's something I'm willing to watch. I'm willing to, to, to sit around and watch this. Um, another thing along these lines that I wanted to touch on real quick, and I didn't mention this uh, when we were previewing the show coming up today, but Garrett Emig in Sellout Crowd wrote a column where he called Brent Venables the most college football coach that OU has had since, and, and he couldn't think of anyone else. Essentially talking about the fact that when Bob Stoops and Lincoln Riley were here, there were always rumors about these guys going to the NFL. And as Garen put it, if Brent Venables were to leave, he's just as likely to go go coach high school as he is to go coach in the NFL. Where I don't completely agree with Garen on this is we saw this week the Boston College head coach left BC to go become an offensive coordinator in the NFL. Now, I know BC really can't be compared to OU, and being an offensive coordinator in the NFL is better than being the head coach of Boston College. It is because Boston College is never going to spend the type of money that schools like Oklahoma will. And you're not going to you don't have the recruiting base. I mean, for so many different reasons, it's better to be in the NFL than it is in Boston College. That being said, the Notre Dame job, the USC job, the Georgia job, 
the Texas job, those jobs aren't what they used to be. At one point, I would have told you being a big-time college coach, being in charge of a college football program, one that had the stature of an LSU, was far better than being an NFL coach because if you were successful, you were the program. Kids were going to change every few years, but you never were. I mean, you were in the catbird seat. You go to the NFL from one of those jobs, well, the players are under contract, and guess what? They're more popular than you. Very few coaches in the NFL are actually more popular than the players that they coach. Bill Belichick might have been the last one. Okay, Jim Harbaugh. I'll give you Jim Harbaugh. you got Belichick, you've got Harbaugh. But for the most part, players are more, more popular, more influential, and have more value than coaches do. And you didn't want to get yourself caught in that situation because, hey, if you sign a three-year contract with the Raiders and it goes sideways the way it normally does in Las Vegas, you're going to find yourself out of a job. And maybe you go back to the college ranks, but you might not be able to get a job better than that Oklahoma job you had or better than that Auburn job you had or, or whatever might be the case. But with the transfer portal and kids being able to leave anytime that they want, that changed everything. People say NIL, and real quick, let's let's remember what what NIL used to stand. What NIL stands for? It's name, image, likeness. And the intent was is you would go get a guy like Caleb Williams. You'd bring him on campus. He would be good, and then a car dealership would say, "Hey, why don't you be our spokesperson?" And then you give Caleb Williams whatever money you want to give him. And that's it. If, if you were going to go to a card show and sign autographs, you would get money for that. If they were going to sell your jersey, you would get money for that. Uh, personal appearances. But really what it's turned into is more pay for play than anything else. Where it's, hey, we'll guarantee you X amount of money. And I don't know exactly where it's coming from. We'll guarantee you X amount of money if you go here. Where the original NIL deal was all about what were these what were these businesses going to offer you to participate in whatever they needed you to, but the schools weren't going to be able to get involved with this. Obviously, the schools found all sorts of loopholes or they just don't care about the rules or they just know that the NCAA isn't going to enforce it. So that's why NIL has become the way it is, and that's why the transfer portal is also the way it is. So yeah, if I'm Steve Sarkeesian, even if I've won a national championship and Texas is rolling in money and I'm getting all the recruits I want, if, let's just say, because he was up there as an assistant, the Atlanta Falcons call, yeah, I'm leaving for that job now. Where I used to not, where I used to would say, no, thanks, I'm good. Now it's, yeah, let me talk about this because there's just nothing stable enough in college football to, I think, make, do I, to, that I think will make any of these coaches necessarily want to stay in their particular position. Real quick, Alex Grinch, congratulations, uh, former OU defensive coordinator, former USC defensive coordinator, now has got a job at Oregon State. Bold prediction here. Alex Grinch will actually have more success without Lincoln Riley. He was pretty good prior to Lincoln Riley at Ohio State. Heck, he was even good with Mike Leach at Washington State. It's only when he got hooked up with Lincoln Riley that things go bad for Alex Grinch. So I'm predicting Alex Grinch on the rebound simply because he got away from Lincoln Riley, and we all know Lincoln Riley doesn't believe in defense. 
course, Mike Leach didn't believe in defense either, and Grinch was able to overcome that. So, yeah, maybe strike that. No, I'm sticking with it. Alex Grinch, more successful in his post-Lincoln Riley era. And to finish off today's show, I want to say goodbye to Toby Keith. Thank Toby Keith for everything that he has done for the state of Oklahoma. Like if I could, if somebody asked me what Oklahoma is or find somebody to represent the state of Oklahoma, its values, its core beliefs, the way people act, Toby Keith would be that guy. Toby Keith would be the guy that I, that I would put up front. And I tell you that if you never met Toby Keith and you never had the opportunity to know him, the one thing uh, that you can take with you, and I'm sure you've heard this before, but as somebody who has met and interacted with him at OU football games, he's just a guy. And he's not – Toby Keith never once acted like, I'm Toby Keith, country singer, kiss the ring. Never at all. Just want to hang out, watch OU. He'd be at OU basketball games when I would be there covering them. He'd sit in that area that, that, that on those tables that's right in front of the media section. That, that section where you saw his guitar and the red solo cup and the cap with OU's at, at the OU game with, with Brigham Young, the game that, that OU won, he would, he would sit there. And during halftime, he would come back to the media area where we had our snacks and we'd freshen up our drinks and you know go, go back to covering the game. He'd just come hang out with us. And it wasn't like it was a huge deal. It wasn't like everybody just dropped everything and went for Toby Keith, but he wouldn't want that. You know, he'd say hi to the people that he knew. And, you know, I can remember during the 2016 election, I don't remember much about the game because really weird. Uh, you know, on that election, the people at Media Row were more concerned about the election than the game. You know, everybody was watching, trying to follow along with. And just to be transparent, everybody in Media Row was rooting for one side, while I think most people in the stands were rooting for another. But at halftime, we go back. You know, as tradition, we go back, get Cokes, whatever, get a little caffeine hit. You know, Toby comes in. Toby and I are watching the television, and he turns to me and says, I guess my Gary Johnson vote didn't count. Now, why that matters is because in 2001, I had moved out to New Mexico, and Gary Johnson was the governor. Weird dude, by the way, Gary Johnson. You need to look him up. Uh, Very radical. Say the least. He was a Republican that wanted to legalize marijuana. That just gives you a tense. But just, just having that conversation with him, and you know, kind of turning to him and talking about it was so surreal for me because I never would have thought at any point in my life, you know, when I moved out to New Mexico, and here's this quirky governor Gary Johnson. Everybody's talking about making fun of, wanting on the radio shows because, you know, Gary's kind of he's an outdoorsy guy. He likes to ride his bike. You know, he's just. Different, different than any really politician you've ever known. Never would I have thought in 2001 that in 2016 I would have been at the Lloyd Noble Center talking about that guy with, of all people, Toby Keith. It was just weird. And I know it's not like, you know, a story where Toby and I were out, you know, we were out drinking from Red Solo Cups and, you know, all of a sudden we started playing tackle football or, or whatever. But it's still, it just kind of gives you some insight into him. It was just a joke. And the fact that he leaned over to me and said it says a lot about him. Like, you know, why'd you choose to say it to me? I I fell on I feel honored. I mean, I'm just a guy. You know, I'm 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 probably one of the lower rung guys on 
Oklahoma City Sports Talk Radio at that time and hear Toby Keith this talking to me, him talking to me. And that tells you all you need to know is that he was just a guy who wanted to be embraced and loved, and it was and it was easy to embrace and love him. I also remember when he played in the um, in what I guess we we term the red and white game, the varsity alumni game, one year when it was out at Norman High and he broke his ankle, and I can remember him walking out. And I'm like, I'm there with my roughneck brother. And I'm like, I recognize this guy. Who is this guy that 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 I recognize? And one of my roughneck brethren says, uh, "Hey." It's Toby Keith. I'm like, Toby Keith? What? And he's singing a song. I'm like, yeah, no, I don't, you know, I don't recognize the song. I don't listen to the country. Vinny points out that, yeah, he's the guy that did the Channel 9 song. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, that's where it is. But again, nice guy. He nodded his head. I mean, dude had fun. And, like, prayers, thoughts, which to me sometimes seem very shallow because it feels like I ought to be able to do more for his his family. Uh, but the time we did get with him was certainly quality time, and I love seeing him at OU games. And um, it's gonna, it, I'm not only going to miss him, but it's it's going to be a hole that's there when he's not there this fall. But TK, we raise our red solo cup to you, and like Porter Moser said yesterday, I wish something else uh, other than water was in my solo cup right now. Thank you very much for listening. Um, we'll be back next week. Uh, we still need to touch on OU's offensive line. We're supposed to do that this week. We'll get more into the rebuilding of the offensive line next week. That I promise. Uh, may God bless you and your family. Uh, as the great Jackie Moon always says, everybody love everybody. And to quote, Don, oh, to hell with it. To quote Toby Keith, whiskey for my men. Give me whiskey for my men, beer for my horses. No, wait. I'll never smoke weed with Willie again. Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> That's what I want you to remember from Toby Keith. By the way, it's my favorite Toby Keith song. Have a great week.